Welcome back to a new episode. This is JC with the New Made New, You Made New podcast. It's episode 17. And um, I'm actually going to do the same thing I've been doing a lot lately. I'm building on the last one. I don't always plan to do that. I didn't really intend for that to be a two-parter. But isn't it funny how the um, Lord works sometimes and how events in your life orchestrate to continue a message that you've been studying where you see themes everywhere or people tell you things that tie in. And that's kind of what's happened to me this week. I've had um, a cute little daughter-in-law and daughter share stories with me and I have their permission to share them on this, but it tied right into what we were talking about in the last episode, especially the part If you remember the quote about how sometimes we haven't experienced true deliverance in Christ because our hands have been so full of the things that we're addicted to or obsessed with, or, and we're just clenching our hands on those things and and we haven't let go. And so he hasn't been able to fill us with his grace because those places in us are already so full of these other things. So it's really interesting. I, um, and both these girls post things on social media. I love how they were sharing their experience of, of, of fighting this fight. But the stories, I thought you'd find them interesting because just it's so inspiring to see others fighting the fight so you know you're not alone. Um, and of course, I will say with um, Caitlin, my daughter-in-law has been in our family for more than five years. And you can tell we've had lots of body image discussions at this point. Same with my daughter, Shay. She grew up on these. And so we're continuing the discussion that we've already been <clears throat> having for years. But they shared with me some very profound moments for them over the last, just recently, several days. My daughter-in-law, Caitlin, um, I was just kind of up in my bedroom and my phone buzzed and I looked down and I see a picture of her and she has chopped off her hair. Like it is short, a short little A-line and, and it probably bobbed, you know, chin length. And uh, Caitlin has had long hair, long hair for a very long time. She did cut it once, but grew it right back out and just always has this gorgeous long, um, blonde hair. And so I was, I was shocked. It's like, wait, what, where did this come from? I hadn't heard you wanted to do this. And, and I just thought maybe she was ready for a change. And, and that's just, you know, sometimes we get a wild hair as women and chop off our hair, but, um, she actually started texting me about it. And she said, um, you know, I've been going through the body image content again and just reviewing some of that and looking at my own life on a deeper level. I want to quote exactly what she said when she texted me. She said, I realized that I was 100% bowing down to the golden image of hair. And she said, um, so that was her moment where she went, you know what? no, I'm not going to let this control me anymore. And she said, I was, I was actually really scared. She said, the idea of cutting it made me want to throw up. I was so scared, but her husband, my son encouraged her. And she said, this is the cool thing that she said to me. She texted today was my day of saying goodbye to obsessing over having long, perfect hair. Just cutting herself free from an obsession that had held her captive. Now, let me just say right from the start, I don't believe that that everyone that maybe has an issue and is t- ties their worth to their hair has to cut it. I'm not saying that's not the moral of this story. But I love how she knew she had to break these ties. It had it was something that had held control over her and dominated her thoughts and determined her worth. Rather than Christ determining her worth, it was the length of her hair. And so she took a bold step that actually scared her to death, 
which was the other thing that I thought was so important about her text is the acknowledgement that sometimes it's not easy to unclench our hands from these things. There are obsessions and our addictions. Yes. But, um, sometimes we've lived with them for so long and they felt like a safe place because they did define our worth. Um, and so we, we have a really hard time letting go. It is, it is scary. One of my favorite quotes about this comes from author Colleen Harrison in her book, He Did Deliver Me From Bondage. And it's just a simple little quote that just says, miserable as we like to pretend life makes us, the truth is that it feels pretty comfortable the way it is. All our worries and distractions, our compulsions and obsessions feel like old friends who seem more familiar than trusting in God. All those obsessions can just seem like old friends. We don't want to let them go. And so the thought of turning our back on some of these things um, is terrifying. It's why our hands are clenched so tight around them, because they've been our security. Um, And so I just loved her courage to just do something scary and say, no, I'm I'm not going to stay in this bondage. I'm not going to let these chains control me and hold me for the rest of my life and let my worth only be about hair. I'm more than that. And Christ was beginning to show her that it was so beautiful. I was just so excited and, and just kept saying to her, Caitlin, you have to share this story. And she said, actually, mom, she said, it's crazy. I was talking to a friend about it and she was talking about how she had the same issue and she went and cut her hair. (laughs) Again, not saying that that's always the answer, but the answer is in cutting ourselves off in letting go, releasing our grip from the things that have held us captive and kept us in this place of insecurity have maybe created a standard for us that we couldn't measure up to and that we made us always feel insecure or not enough. Um, it ties really well into my daughter's story. The one she shared with me, my daughter, Shay, um, similar experience around the same time. She, um, has a cute little Instagram, um, called Shay at home. And she was posting there about this very openly and raw and authentically. And I loved it about how real she was with this struggle, but she's had two babies and is struggling as most of us do with the after baby body and how things have changed. And, and despite she'd worked very hard, she was trying to eat well and, and exercise, but things just sometimes aren't ever the same. They weren't for me either, especially the more pregnancies I had. And so she was grappling with that. And she said, she was talking about how she finally was ready to go try to find a pair of jeans after like five years. She's like, I just had never even gone there. And I wanted to get I just needed a good pair of jeans, but she knew that had always kind of been a trigger for her. And so she posted in her little Instagram post about numbers don't matter. Like I'm not going in there with a number in mind. I just want to find a pair that fit me and that I feel comfortable in. Um, and was, was recording a video and talking quite a bit about her, that struggle and how she really wanted to move forward with faith and just not make it about a number in her jeans and just find a pair that worked. But it was funny. She kind of came back a day or two later and posted again and said, you know, it was harder than I thought (laughs) because I finally realized that it wasn't just letting go of the number in the jeans. She said, I tried on so many pair and I just wasn't happy. And she even brought some home. And then after she wore them for a while, I was like, no, I don't like these. They're not fitting. And then she went back and tried to find more. And it took an hour in the fitting room. And she said, I realized what I had to unclench my hands from, what I had to let go of was the the concept of finding the perfect pair of jeans. 
It just, I, bu- I finally just bought a couple of pair of jeans. They just were what they were and they didn't fit exactly perfectly. But I, it was, it was like holding me captive. It was stopping me. It was becoming this obsessive thing. And, and I just needed peace. And she said the peace wasn't in finally finding the right jeans. It was the peace of letting go of needing to have them. Isn't it funny? Like I may describe that story for you and it may not resonate with you at all, but we all have our stuff. We all have our stuff, something, a little obsessive thought or idea, message in our head that's held us captive. And I love watching my girls um, try to wrench themselves free from this captivity and try to unclench their hands from the things that they've been holding on to. I've had my own journey. I talk um, in the body image class about how once, and I know it was a prompting. I know it was. It came from the Lord. I found myself reading a a blog post once about a Christian writer who was trying to decide what to give up for Lent, the 40 day time of fasting that precedes Easter. And she said, I felt really, um, really felt like the Lord was telling me to give up makeup for that entire season of Lent to just not wear it at all. And, and I, I was getting a little squirmy reading it, but then when she said in her post that she had six speaking engagements (laughs) during Lent, which meant no makeup for when she would stand up and have these speaking engagements. I felt just like Caitlin described, like I could never do that. The thought of going without makeup in a public setting like that, where you're speaking, you're standing up professionally speaking, just made me want to throw up too. And it, it again showed how deep my attachment went, how I was clenching my hands on to a certain look or a certain, um, face, painted up, done with makeup to make me feel secure. I couldn't go in public without, without it. And so for me, it didn't, it, I didn't copy her experience exactly. It wasn't about going 40 days without makeup, but I, I, I had to start unclenching my hands from that and going in public a little more and letting that, just letting myself calm down and not be so tightly attached to that thing to define my worth. It was holding me captive in the fact that it was causing insecurity when I didn't have that standard in place. Same with my girls. Like when the hair wasn't the right length or the jeans didn't fit right, off we went into a place of negativity and unhappiness with our body and a lack of peace. And so unclenching our hands from these things is one one of the most important steps as we try to reach a place of peace with our body image. Um, I'm going to return for just a minute to... Um, author Gerald May, who we quoted from in the last episode, he was the one that we said, um, let me just reread the one quote where he said, it is most important to remember that it's not the objects of our addictions that are to blame for filling up our hands and our hearts. It is our clinging to these objects, grasping for them and becoming obsessed with them. Now, let me, let me share just one more thing he writes in this book that really gave me a lot of um, comfort as we begin to move in this direction. He says, the purest faith is enacted when all we can choose is to relax our hands or clench them, to turn wordlessly toward or away from God. Doesn't have to be dramatic at first. It's a tiny decision to just begin to relax our hands on these things that we're clenching so tightly. He says this tiny option, the faith Jesus measured as the size of a mustard seed 
is where grace and the human spirit embrace in absolute perfection and explode in world-changing power. Just the beginning step of relaxing our hands a little. Maybe it's not a complete letting go yet in your life, like Caitlin, where she really did cut off her hair and do something drastic. Maybe it's a smaller step for you. That is okay. That's okay. And and then he continues. He says, in the face of significant addiction, or we could call it obsession or compulsion or whatever, our degree of choice may seem small. Simply relaxing one's hands may seem too passive. But he continues, as we shall see, however, this simple choice may be the greatest kind of struggle any human being can face. And it may call forth the greatest courage and dedication. There is nothing passive about it. In the long run, it may prove far more assertive and powerful than any other possible action we could take. Those baby steps where we start to say no. No, I don't want to let this control me anymore. Now, we don't do this out of willpower or out of pumping ourselves up or giving ourselves a pep talk or thinking positive thoughts. I mean, you just go back to John 15 where Christ says, you abide in me, you um, depend on me, you rely on me alone. And then he says, for without me, you can do nothing. We will stay in our captivity unless we rely on him to give us the courage to make these steps, to unclench our hands from these old friends that are so comfortable in our lives, these um, old definitions of ourselves, these old patterns that we've lived by for so long as in an attempt to give us security. If we try to do it on our own, we'll end up right back in that place where suddenly the old insecurities come back. And honestly, even, even if we do cut our hair or do something like that, it's letting go of the message in our mind more than the actual, actual physical hair. I can cut my hair and still have the message bring me insecurity so that I never really completely accept the short hair. I still in the back of my mind think, yeah, but I don't look as good. That message still holds sway in my mind. So the ultimate battle, yes, unclenching our minds on some of these outward things, makeup, a size in our jeans, whatever it may be, But the deeper work is in assessing what is the message I've been believing, the lie that the enemy has has talked me into clenching or holding onto or embracing, and how can I, through Christ, redefine that and see it in a whole new way. For my daughter Shay, the message first shifted to numbers don't matter in my jeans. I just need to find a pair that that I feel comfortable in and just, just a good pair of jeans. Then... It had to shift even farther to not only not the perfect number, but it doesn't even need, it's just a pair of jeans. It's just a pair of jeans to see, have him. I love how watching how the Lord kind of walked Shay through that process to let that thought lose its power in her mind. And again, I'm not saying that the battle is always over in that moment. When you have that small victory, Satan is never done yet, right? He'll find other ways to try to drive that message home in a different direction. So this becomes a bit of a battle where we arm ourselves with the armor of the Lord. When he, when he talks in the armor, in the armor of God in Ephesians, when he talks about, when Paul talks about the armor, I absolutely love the piece of armor, the helmet of salvation, 
because I love the way it protects our minds. It covers our minds. I love the imagery of that. Um, that's kind of where we're headed. When we unclench our hands and begin to move in a place where these triggers, these obsessions, these compulsions, whatever they are, we're trying to keep them ha- from having power over us. There's got to be some sort of protection over our minds so that those messages can't just slip back in from a different voice or a different direction so that we don't weaken our resolve and go right back to the old patterns that have felt so familiar and comfortable. For me, that comes through the word, through Christ's truth, through allowing his voice to be the loudspeaker in my ear rather than the voices of the world. So it takes everything we've been talking about in this entire podcast so far. It takes looking to him, grasping and clenching him like a drowning person that we talked about in the last episode. It takes holding onto him way tighter than we've been holding onto the ways of the world, relaxing our hands on all the messages from the world, but holding much, much, much tighter to him, clinging to him with more desperation. And again, in an early ep- earlier episode, I can't remember what number, the gaze of the soul, we talked about how that doesn't mean you have to do more spiritual stuff. It doesn't mean you have to ramp up your to-do list and spend triple the time in your scriptures. All it has to be is a look to him. I, I heard one author call it the other day, a little interior glance throughout the day to seek for as many glances, as many times as we can to look to him, especially when we see our minds starting to spiral into those old patterns. Um, I, years ago, by, I was actually fighting a different battle, but it was for my mind. It was a battle for my mind and the thoughts would not stop. The, the negative anxiety filled, um, fear filled thoughts would just not stop plaguing me. And I, at the time I needed something more concrete to battle those than just trying to think happy thoughts, you know, because those, those negative and compelling thoughts just kept flooding me. And I remember at the time, and you might do something very different, but this was just my way. I got a little um, three by five spiral, those little three by five index cards hooked on a spiral. And I just started searching for scriptures that spoke to the fight of faith, how he will be there. He will deliver me. He will empower me. I will not um, fall to my enemies and he will save me and he will redeem me. And just anything I could find as I was prayerful over the next like month, I'd find quotes, I'd find scriptures. And I filled this little, little index thing. In fact, on the front of it, I had, I think it said fear and anxiety or something like that with fear and but it was a mental battle. And I kept this little thing with me. <laughs> you may do it with your phone. You'd probably be more high tech than I am, <laughs> but some way to flood. And I would go through that. I'd be in Walmart and I'd feel that, that darkness start trying to overtake my mind or those old messages. And I would pop that out of my bag and just start flipping through it as I was walking down the aisles and letting those words resonate in my mind. No, No, I'm not going to give way to the old things. Christ will not family. He will not forsake me. It's all those promises we were talking about in the last episode. This is a battle. We arm our, we put on the helmet of salvation through his words, through his promises. And we repeat them as many times as we need to in our minds. We memorize them. We post them on our mirror. We do whatever we can. We put an alarm in our phone. We put a screensaver on our phone, whatever we can in every way we can to get his truth to begin to dominate instead of those old messages. And then the courage begins to come to relax our hands like my girls did. 
to let go. It is the most freeing, freeing thing. I know Caitlin said it made me want to throw up. The thought made me want to throw up. And I was the same way with, with reading her post about makeup. Like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. And you just get paralyzed sometimes. But oh, how turning to Christ can change that dynamic. He, we are not given a spirit of fear, right? But a power, power and of love and of sound mind, it says in the New Testament. The helmet of salvation, he can renew and transform our minds from those old messages and give us the ability to let go. So I know my time's up with where I wanted to be on all of these podcasts, but let me just end with this thought. It, it doesn't have to be drastic. Don't beat yourself up if you're like, I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready. I can't. No condemnation. No, no shame in that. Baby steps. Begin to find ways through the power of Christ. Ask him, pray, beg him for ways to begin to relax your hands. You may not fully let go yet, but how can you begin this process of relaxing your grip on the things you've clenched over the years for worth, for value, for acceptance, and to begin to clench tighter and tighter onto him and his peace and his truth and his beauty. It will change your life forever, I promise. Good luck with that. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful day.